I'm Quinn Murphy, and this is In My Chair. Kate Hudson is a Golden Globe Award winner and Academy Award-nominated actress, producer, entrepreneur, and best-selling author. She's also a client and a friend. We've worked together for years doing red carpets, press tours, campaigns, and most recently shooting the feature film Knives Out 2 this past summer in Greece. Kate, welcome in my chair. I'm so excited. We're not allowed to talk about Knives Out 2. Oh, I was going to ask you, is there anything we can say just that we had fun and got to do looks? Only that we had the best time. I mean, there's literally, (laughs) literally we can't say anything, but I feel like we need to revisit the podcast. We need to have this conversation again when the movie comes out. We do, because it was fun. So you have an amazing makeup artist in LA, um, Debbie, Deborah, and she couldn't do it. So you asked me yeah. if I wanted to do it. I had like not worked in like a year because of COVID. And I was like, you know what? Greece, three months, hmm. like Kate. And then doing like Knives Out too. I was like, yeah, yeah, I do want to do this. And it was so Yeah, I think everybody amazing. who had the opportunity to be on that movie was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> but people the whole time were like, so do you like film? Do you like film? And I'm like, I'll let you know. But right now, like- we're in Europe, like having the best time. I didn't feel like I, at least for the beginning. How, I mean, you didn't have a, a normal experience. You, you did have a. It wasn't a normal. It was definitely not a normal experience. Plus, you know, um, and we also like the work days weren't every day. You know, we had until some. Until they we were. Had some, until they were right, but right. but but there was some times where we had some time off and we could explore and do things yeah. and have, you know, so. We got to go out on a. Remember, we went out on a little trip together on a boat. We that was did. really. We fun. had somehow we had a week off during shooting, and it's funny because you and I were just going to have a drink after shooting. Mm-hmm. And remember, we couldn't get into the place for some reason. It was like closed that we wanted to go to, and thank God because then we went. We were like, well, let's just go into town, and then mm-hmm. we went into town, and you were like, that's the boat I've been looking at. That's the boat. And they were in the harbor. And then I went up and I was like, hey, can I look at your boat? And then we ended up having a drink on that boat all night. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Danny and, and like, Ryder oh. showed up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck it. Let's get it. Let's go. And so we went for uh, four four nights or something. Yeah. And we explored. And the cool thing is it wasn't like some big, like fabulous, like super mega yacht. It actually was like a very kind of sleek sleeping boat that can get you right up to shore. So we were able to like get right up in these amazing uh, beaches. Yeah. And I, I've never been on far. a boat. I've been on boats for work, but never on a trip that was like, okay, we're the guest on the boat and sleeping on it. And that was like, I'll never forget it. Like I remember you'd hear the engine start at like six in the morning and then you'd go. Not and go my- and then- that wasn't my favorite (laughs) right i I was like whatever and then when you wake up it was like you were on this private beach and just like before coffee before mimosas it was like jump in the water yeah i have this dream to have like to like get my license a sailing my sailing my boating license you can get um when i when i was a little girl i like the camp i went to was a sailing camp and i actually got really into sailboats and i love sailboats like that's like and being on the water is something for me that's like, I don't know. I just, I love it. But a dream of mine is to actually sail the world. 
That would be so cool. That's just like in the kind of boat we were in or like. (laughs) No, no. That I'd be down. Hippie style. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. A little hippie style. I'm, you know, like really do it, you know? Right. Not Um, not an eight course meal style. (laughs) (laughs) No, that would be a lot. That would be, that would, I'd have to work really hard to afford that. And then your kids were on the trip too. Ryder was there. Yeah, it was Ronnie so fun. Was there. It was but we so were fun. so lucky. That is not a normal working experience, you know. We don't usually get we don't usually get that kind of uh time. And so you had sort of the like glossy version of Hollywood. Right. And um but I'll get you out in the trenches soon, Quinn. Yeah. I'm gonna I feel get like you we made up for it a little bit in Serbia. Those were 16 hour days, six days a week in a hangar in a warehouse. Like that was hard. Yeah, that was, yeah. And I still Um, enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it. I loved every minute of it. mm -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. are we not allowed to say where we shot? I don't know. We should probably ask. I'm sure. Are you allowed to cut this or is this just live? Well, I I can if we have to, but I thought there's photos of, of you and everybody in the cast there too. Okay. Well, like well, I think we'll the see. cat's out of the bag. Yeah. I Maybe. think Ryan or Rom can take it up with me. You know, <laughs> throw me under the bus. I'll be like, Kate warned me. She sent me documents. I signed. I knew, and I still. Oh, Quinn! It. Quinn! Of course. Uh, I know. But we met years ago. I mean, we've known each other for how long? How long have we known each other now? God, I'm so bad at that. I never know time. But um, before Ronnie. I met- before, before for sure, before Ronnie, I think was you it actually before had Bing? after Bing, after Bing, before Ronnie in New York for sure, and um, it was really cool for me to see you. Like now, I've seen you do so many kinds of jobs. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we do press; it's such a different thing when it's your company and we're doing Fabletics and you own it, and it's like you're in charge of that. Then the, this summer, it was like the movie and. And so it's a whole huge production and it's like cool to kind of see the same person take on all these different roles. Do you feel like you are approach each kind of thing differently? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I kind of approach everything, you know, I just try to stay present in everything, but for me, I mean, acting the creative, that creative process I think is where I'm happiest. Um, in terms of the, in terms of work, like it's a place that I actually love, like I thrive. And there's times when, you know, it's not the best production or, you know, it's not as fun that they can, it can be harder, but there's always, it's, it's always the most rewarding to me just personally. Um, and the way that I approach making movies, honestly, at this point in my career is more about is it a, a, a am i am i excited to work with the filmmaker you know i i've i've done it so many times where i've sort of compromised on oh, it's not really like i don't really know about this person or this might not be the person i wish i was doing this movie with but it's a good enough script and we're going to get it there and this person could be good and then you you know deep down that you probably should just like not have done it <laughs> does it, it does it usually go and, that way when you I have mean, a doubt, your gut, usually... my gut has usually been right, you uh-huh. know, and 
And I'm, I've learned over time to not compromise those things that, that I really just like that, that, that the art for me is just that I just want to work with good people. I just want to work with good filmmakers and I want to play parts that I'm really excited to play. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm in a very like exciting, nice place in my career where I don't need to make any choices, but those, um, so let me, I'd rather not work, you know, and, and, and I'd rather focus on my business, my businesses. And then with businesses, it's just a totally different kind of, uh, almost like a set of skills. And, 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 and honestly, the one I struggle with the most. Really? Um, yeah, because I I can I'm a I can be very linear in my thinking, but the minutia of business things are constant, right? So they they never really let up. So you have to have you have to kind of find a relationship with that where you not only accept that that's part of it, but that you learn to really enjoy it because it can be very tedious and boring. I'm an I mean I'm in a creative Aries. You know, and I, so I love the ideas. And then when it comes to like implementing the ideas in, in certain businesses, it's all linear. Um, Right. And I, and also you have three kids that you cannot turn off for the night. So there are those. (laughs) So there's that thing too, where you're like, okay, that is always going to be there. At least there's those guys. Uh, They, they definitely don't turn off. I wanted to ask you about that though, about your films, because you had like a home run career making movie really early on. Mm-hmm. Like you got a Golden Globe and an Academy Award nomination. Mm-hmm. Did that change everything? Making everything. That movie. Everything. And then was it like, what do you do next? Yeah. Because it's such a hit. Yeah. What was that part? And it was, was interesting with like? the kind of stuff that would come to me, you know? And I made some choices that I thought were like, no, this is the right choice. Like I'm an, I want to like, I want to do things that are different and interesting. And everybody was like, do Spider-Man. And you're like, but wait, is that really the right thing I should be doing? Like, shouldn't I go make this English movie that this big sweeping romance English movie. And so there was these moments in my career that became like at that, at that time, what, you know, I had everything coming to me. It didn't matter what it was. It was, you know, it it was that thing where you the the second you become the new it girl, everybody sort of goes like how like you got the pick of the litter, really. I mean, it was but, a really were you interesting able to handle time. that emotionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have a I have a di- I think I had just have a different perspective on the industry because of my parents. Like, okay, I knew. I know how it works, you know, like I knew okay. that that ha- I was just excited that I had a working, I, I knew after, after almost famous, after the whole award kind of, uh, you know, circuit, yeah. I, I knew that I had a career now and I was just so grateful because I, I've seen as a young girl, I've seen so many actors and my parents even go through how tumultuous of a roller coaster it is. I mean, they build you up, they spit you out. They, then they build you up again and they spit you out. You know, it's like, there's nothing, there's nothing 
secure about our career. And then I just knew that that moment for me was like, okay, now I'm going to have a couple years where I'm going to be on the short list. But I also knew there was going to be a time where I'd have to fight for the part again. It's just the nature of the beast. So I never took it as like, it was never like a big ego hit to me. It was just like this. Yeah. It was like a ticket to like get on the train. Yeah. It was like a, it was like a fast track. It was like, Uh I got a ticket. I call it the 10 year ticket. It's like, all right, here it is. You made one great movie. You were in it. It was well-received. And now you got another 10 years in the business. (laughs) You're like, okay, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and then you hope in that 10 years, you make one more again that allows you another 10 years, you know? But is that a lot of pressure to put on you? Like every movie can't be almost famous, right? No, I think it depends on how, what your, how healthy your relationship is to, to the the career choice. Okay. You know, I think if you really love it, then it doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what kind of criticism comes your way. Cause it's just a, it's just a, it's just a world of criticism. I mean, that's all it is. Sometimes they love you. Sometimes they hate your guts. You know? How do you do it, Kate? And you, you, I'm you so turn sensitive. it off. I, I mean, you but, turn it off. but really, <laughs> do you, that in Book of Mormon. <laughs> um, do you really just like you, you, but if you do get hit with criticism and like if it maybe if it's some from someone you respect, do you yeah. how do you deal with that? Well, sometimes they're right. You know? I mean, sometimes I think sometimes you you I think you just need an open mind and uh, a healthy understanding of the business and a really tough skin. Um I always say the auditioning process prepares you for success because there's nothing more like, (laughs) I mean, rejecting, demoralizing. I mean, I would walk out of certain auditions being like, oh my God, I'm so, I I would feel so like, uh, um, like there was one audition I remember I went on and I walked out and I was like, they just wanted to, I might as well have just like sent in my measurements you know, and I like prepared everything and I was excited by the character and like the opportunity. And like, I just went in there and it was like, Hmm, how does she look like a model casting? Definitely not. Yeah. I was definitely not the look they were looking for. And I, I I remember being, you know, 21 walking out being like, well, I'm, I'm definitely not like the hot type they're looking for. And when you're young, that's, I'm the, I, I, you know, I'm the, cute accessible type <laughs> but i'm not i wasn't like the like hot girl you know and there were times where that was really apparent and you'd walk out and y- you do you have to have those moments where you're like well hold on a second there's space for everybody in this in this industry you know there's room mm-hmm. for everyone and those moments become sort of that the the moment of 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 real like uh, resilience for when you have success and you realize like, you know, you're just being critiqued all the time and everyone's going to have an opinion. You're going to walk out of the room and everybody's going to say, oh, I didn't like it. Or I thought she was great. Or no, I didn't like the way like her, 
you know, she wasn't like as pretty as I think, you know, you just know that that's what it's going to be. But so many people can't handle that, you know? You're strong. Yeah. I mean, you you definitely have. I wonder also like- Well, I think nobody likes like, it. I think it's more about like the relationship you have to yourself, you know? Because it's like, you're not going to get through life without no- I mean, everyone criticizes. Do you, I think sometimes the fear of criticism is worse than actually receiving it. Yeah. I you mean, know? at the end of the day, I'm, anyone who's like, like overly criticizing you, it's their own- it, Here's the thing about here. Here's the thing I like to look at the movie industry, and and, and I, I believe in it, right? I love it. That I I knew I know that every it's it's why I will still audition. I'll audition until I'm old and gray if someone wants me to, because at the end of the day, someone who's making a movie needs to know how the part feels with this person. It's not about the the career span you've had. It's sometimes. Sometimes the creator really needs to see someone in the part versus try to imagine them in the part, no matter how successful or famous you are. And sometimes it doesn't work. And it's not about your talent. It's just about uh, the character and the vision, you know? Right. How did you... You have to figure that one out. How did you get your work ethic? Because you work, I've watched you, and you work really hard at everything you do. And I'm like, well, as an outsider, I might go, oh, my God, she's the kid of Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. She grew up in L.A. and Colorado. She didn't have – you didn't have to necessarily work as hard as you do. Where does it come from? Well, that's actually – that would be just like – that I'm would saying it like, generically. Yeah, from a, from an outside perspective, that would be the assumption. But the reality right. is, is like that's just not who my parents are. Okay. So, the thing is, I had the opposite. So I have the type of parents that like nothing belonged to us. Like it was drilled in our brains from a very early age that everything, literally everything that we lived in that we had was theirs. Okay. And that we would need to work harder than you could ever imagine to achieve what we were able and and blessed enough to live in. Okay. Right. So, so you were like, just occupying space in someone we, else's <laughs> universe. <laughs> uh, physically and emotionally at times. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, I think it's just a misconception that because there was privilege that that meant that we didn't have an understand, you know what I mean? Like for us, it was the opposite. It was like, oh, we watched how hard our parents worked and how much they cared about the work they were doing and what it, and the fun, honestly, that it really provided our family. And it was like, from a very young age for me, it was like, oof, I got to work my ass off and because I want to, I, I, I want to have this kind of fun, you know? Um. And then at the same time, I think it's also, it also really is a function of my per, like personality profile that yeah. when you have, you know, I, I have a little bit of that um, overachiever that sometimes I have to, I have to monitor that comes from, must come from just a father that wasn't present and really uh, being like, especially like the female male architect like relationship and that 
like psychology 101 of I will be self-sustainable. I will make oh. my own money. I will never rely on any men. I will rely on myself. There's a part of that that definitely was when I was younger, a huge part of my work ethic of like, and what was the cost of that? Um, three dads. <laughs> <laughs> no, the cost of that was, I, I don't, I don't see anything like, I, I mean, that's a good yeah. question, but I don't usually see it like that. I, I, I usually look at it like the challenge of that was, and has been to know how to how to shut her down and 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 see sort of purpose over the the purpose of my of my uh desire to work hard the the actual purpose of it versus the neurosis of it right so like this idea that we keep going we keep going we keep moving uh and I'm can do all, I can do it all on my own. You know, at some point that you kind of go, well, hold on a second. I can't do it all. Meaning like, this is getting a little kooky. What is it that I really want to be doing? What is the purpose behind it? And, and then you turn what could be kind of like a negative thing that could create a lot of stress into something amazing and positive, which is that I have a very exciting, um, spirit that loves to work. You know, I get excited about. It's kind of like choosing the healthy side of it, of that personality trait versus like one that's not, that you may not want anymore. Yeah. And then you have to balance. I mean, it's all balance. I mean, I think we, I think as we get older, we just, we start to understand ourselves better. And, you know, if I said that I sort of was this perfectly balanced person, I mean, you know, you, I sit in your chair, you know, you, you hear me in the morning. I mean, let's talk about that. Like, the best part of the makeup artist sort of um, and uh, and actor performer relationship is that it's it becomes so intimate because you see us at our most totally. intimate quiet times in the morning. It's two hours you, every day, and you you know when we're in good moods. This and it goes both ways. You know, when it's a hard day, when phone calls come in, when relationships are having a hard time, when relationships are having a good time. I mean, the makeup artists that I've had throughout my life are the first ones to know if I'm pregnant. They're the first ones to know when I'm getting a divorce. <laughs> we see it all. Yeah. You see no, it it's all. true. And we, I think I've spent more time with you in the longest stretch I've ever done was probably three months with one person. And yeah. it it is interesting, but I think what what keeps it going the whole time is that you both have a mutual respect and kind of love each other. So like if somebody's having a day or I am, or you are, it's just like, whatever, we're there to work first of all. So you, that always comes first, but also it's just like, we all do. And you become like you, I definitely left that trip different than I differently than when I arrived and definitely had a much deeper relationship with you when I, even though we've worked together forever, it's just, you're in the trenches together. Oh yeah. You're yeah. It's like, it's, it's, I tell people it's, it's like when you're in a relationship and you go on your first travel, like trip together, you are literally, it, it becomes a real relationship. It's the relationship. Honestly, the, it's the one working relationship that and stylist for me and costume where sometimes the boundaries can become challenging because you become such best friends 
And then when you're in the work environment, there are needs that sometimes can make it hard for that relationship, right? It's very hard. It's very hard. Yeah, you have to remember always to have gratitude and take each other for, and this goes both ways, and, and not take each other for granted. Because it can get it it is i feel like they are the the stickiest relationships sometimes it, i've i've had it's something that i i think anyone in my industry if they said they didn't deal with it would be lying be- because you get very close to your talent you um you you go through things you think it's almost like this line between friend family but ultimately work and yeah, the work I, part for me is what the last few years that i've really gone like I can still love that person. If we, if we don't work together anymore, it, it, it doesn't mean that like we're not friends or that they don't like me. It's just right. a working sit- situation. And the, the it, more I can do that, the better. It would be like, I think what's interesting, which is why it's really healthy, I think, for some people to have different people that they work with as, a, as like a family, is it? I wouldn't want to work with the same co-star all the time. Like creatively, we need other people. Creatively, yeah. it keeps us flowing. It's like absolutely right. It's like if you didn't work on other faces, if you were only working on my face all the time, after a while, you'd be like, "I'm so sick of her face." Well, and I love to see what Deb does to you for a red carpet. I'm like, "Oh my god, I love that. I love you know what she did tonight." You know, how can I learn from that and incorporate it? And, you know, anyone who works on you, I'm always looking at my clients and like who's touched their face because everyone's coming to it with a different perspective and you'd be a fool not to learn from other people. What happens if you see a client's face and you're like, no. Oh, you just send it to like five people and try and get validation that you've done it better than them. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, I'll look at it and think, I, Ooh, you know, it, it all depends. Right. It depends who the client is and who the person is who did it. And, um, mostly my clients have like-minded makeup artists. I'm always like thrown when someone books me and then books someone with completely different aesthetic. I'm like, what would then what are you seeing when I do you, you know, but usually right, my like clients have other people. Well, maybe they didn't book, maybe they didn't book the artist, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, but they might like them. Up, it's just confusing. I feel like it's, it's funny when, you know, cause a lot of photographers like to work with their hair and makeup teams, you know? Yeah. And when you work with people that, you know, that they know it, it's, it's one of those things that is so much fun. Cause when someone knows your face, it's like, like I can do my own makeup, but when someone is an, a real makeup artist and then they, and then they start to understand your face after working on you for a bit, it's the best because I, you don't even have to like, it's like you and you enhance everything that, you know, it's those moments when I'm not even thinking. And then I look in the mirror and you're doing my face and I'm like, yes, Quinn. Oh my God. Quinn. Yeah. That's what it is. It's so fun. What do you think about? You really sometimes have to really, sometimes it takes really understanding the face. Don't you think? I mean, I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you have to constantly keep like looking at the face and reevaluating it and going, okay, you know, step back 
and like really look. You can't go on autopilot because that then becomes like nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. But you do a lot of, um, which I love about you, is you do a lot of bareface, like Instagram, like, you know, because we see the Met Gala version of you, but you also put up like the real and raw. Is that a choice that you made or was it weird to do that in the beginning? I think it's just, I'm just an actor, so I don't care. Like, meaning like, like when I'm in front of the camera, if I really, like, it depends on the character, right? So, you know, if I'm doing a film where I have to be like done and like she's put together, I care. I'm like, you know, I care about what it looks like. I care about the visual, but if you're like, you're supposed to be natural and fucked up and not care i i literally don't care right and um and i think what about in your personal life like on instagram yeah i feel that a little bit i feel that a little bit you know i I mean i'm I'm not i'm not like my brother (laughs) i'm not like oliver i'm not gonna like post uh like sometimes oliver posts things i'm like what are you doing oliver you know it's just like he just wants to look as as terrible as possible. <laughs> You're like, I'm not there. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely, you know, I'm mindful of those things. But I, I, I personally, especially as especially as I get older, I love not having a lot of makeup on because I actually think it looks better sometimes. It it absolutely does, and like too mm. much makeup can totally. Es- I mean, too much makeup on anyone actually is not my thing, but especially Mm-mm. as you get older, it just accentuates everything and, and makes you look older. Yeah. Although my you know? face can take a lot of makeup, don't you think? A lot. Yeah. And a like, lot of like eyes, contouring and shading and like a lot of eye and lash. You can do a lot. You can actually like, you and can then actually it doesn't pile look it like, on. I know. I know. And that's something you learn when you work with someone for a while where you're like, Oh, like you can really take makeup. Not yeah. everybody can. Some people really cannot. Um, speaking of siblings, you have like a, a hugely successful podcast, Sibling Rivalry. It's a very, yes, it's amazing. It's so I, we cool. love it. And we're actually just now starting to do, um, we decided that we were going to do seasons, that we'll do like seasons and drop a certain amount of episodes that we've kind of curated because. The, the thing about finding siblings is it's, it's actually hard to schedule because you've got everybody with different schedules. And so we were like, well, let's, let's do it so that we can actually get, you know, the people that we really want to sort of focus on, get them together, uh, get them out of the way on top of each other. And then we can release these seasons. They're a little bit, it's a little bit more uh, streamlined for us. And so we're we're doing them right now, and I haven't done them in a while since we've been. The last one I did was when we were shooting Knives Out, and it was the last one because I was working so much and in Europe. So I was like Oliver, I don't know. I like I like sent him to the wolves. He did <laughs> he did some with his wife, which he's like, don't listen to them. It's all about our relationship. I'm like, okay. Then Probably he did interesting mom. though. What? Probably interesting. Yeah, they have a very interesting. They honestly, ha- Oliver and Aaron have a very admirable story and they're very open about it, which I think is really beautiful um, because 
more people share that story than most than than not. Well, maybe that's not true. A lot of people share that story. A percentage of people who share that story is probably higher than you would think. Let me put it that way. And um and I love how they were able to sort of he- to heal. They were actually able to get to a place where they could have the most incredible relationship. I mean, they truly have an amazing relationship. That's amazing. But uh, yeah. And if anyone's interested in that story, you can go, you know, listen to our podcast, but I'm going to, you should, it's, it's, it's interesting. And, and then we just interviewed somebody recently who I, I won't say yet, but who was talking a lot about love relationships and how we, put a lot of expectation on one person that we ex- have it. We expect one person to be everything. <laughs> I mean, a lot of us do. I, maybe not everyone, but a lot of us. And I know I, I can, and it was really enlightening. And I think Ollie and Aaron are actually have been able to kind of work through that. They, they, they've been very open with each other. So it's, it's they're, they're pretty special. What episode would you say to listen to there? The one with the two of them. Um, one of my favorite episodes, honestly, was one of the first episodes we did with Bobby and uh, Stevie Kim. They, they, Oliver worked with, um, Oliver worked with him on splitting up together, and that was a really interesting one. I loved. Um, oh my god, we've done so much at this point, but. Uh, I really liked doing Jimmy Kimmel and his brother. They were, they were fun. And of course, you know, it was fun for me to turn it around on a Jimmy because he's always interviewing right. me. So I got right. to actually interview him. Um, I wanted to ask you, did anything come out in your family or with your brother that you learned that you didn't expect to doing the show? The thing is, is that Oliver, I think he might have learned more than me Uh because maybe that sounds weird, but like I sometimes feel like Oliver, there's a lot of, there's a lot of what, what it's not necessarily what we've learned. It's how we've grown and it's allowed us time to actually share together, which has been really, really wonderful. Like today he just texted me. He's like, Hey, just checking in, like, love you. And I realized that because we've had these last couple of days together, we hadn't, we've been gone a lot and shit. And it's like, we have a, we're, we really love each other. And like, there's nobody who knows me better than Oliver. Really? Truly. We have the same makeup, meaning DNA. Right. We're just Italian fucking weirdos with some, with, we're, we're Italian Jewish crazies. Mm-hmm. And we have the same uh, situation that we've both, that has manifested in us differently. And we're two and a half years apart. So we've been through it all together. And, and, and the thing is, is that no matter what the difference is, he knows me and I've seen him go through everything he's gone through. And he's seen me go through everything I've gone through. And like, there's just nobody who knows me better. If there's anybody I trusted to be like, you need to fucking work on this. 
It's Ollie. Wow. Probably maybe the only one. That's so sweet. I hope he hears this. I mean, maybe you've told him before, but it's just like, yeah, really, really no, he sweet. knows, he knows. And, and, and I, and I think that that's just, uh, if you can allow that relationship to happen, you know, it, it's an amazing relationship. And I, and one of the things that we learned from the podcast is that not everybody is given that opportunity and those moments really? are sad to hear. You know, when, 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 when people can't figure it out with their siblings, it's tough. Right. Mm-hmm. I think everybody goes through it with their siblings too. Like there's no one, I mean, if you're close and like two and a half oh, years, yeah. like, Please. Me, like you, you have times where you really, really go through it with them. And it's like that shared experience that you were talking about and the DNA, just like you're the same that bring that ultimately hopefully brings you guys, you know. Yeah, I think that we, you know, I've been learning a lot about this concept of the, the clinging, and uh-huh. and it's a very Buddhist concept, but um, it happens really honestly with families. I mean, and then and then it kind of manifests itself in our relationships, right? But this idea that we cling to these, you know, ideas, these expectations, these, um you know, whatever it is that we feel like we haven't received or we haven't, you know, got in our life, we haven't achieved and we cling to that expectation and it just creates so much turmoil. Um, and that I think for a lot of families comes from, you know, really trying to understand, really trying to understand where they come from. Like you can break the cycle of anything with your family. If you choose to not cling to the expectation that something is supposed to be different. And that's, I think the biggest thing that we're learning from talking to all of these siblings and all of these doctors is that people have an expectation of what family is supposed to look like Uh versus working with the family they have. Okay. So I love that. Yeah. I'm like downloading that. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> Is that too deep for in your chair? I feel like this is the no, kind of stuff. This we is talk all normal. This is what in my chair is. No. This is like what it is. Oh, I, I feel like oh, okay. this is literally us in your chair. It is. I mean, this is exactly what the show is. This is like I always say to people, like the the conversations we have in the morning and like when we're getting ready are so interesting and cool that if people could only hear them. And this is yeah. literally like, oh, well, let's the only difference that. is I'm not doing like mascara right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about that because you, I mean, I was having a moment when we were working together this summer where I was trying establish and figure out how to have more um Bound, be, better boundaries oh, or right. be able to remember and to be able to communicate my needs better. And, you know, you, you became my, my uh, version of a therapist in that moment by just asking me the questions. And I think this happens a lot in, in, in this relationship, yeah. asking me the questions about what was happening. I come in I'm like, I tell you everything that's going on in my life. I'm like, this is driving me nuts. That's driving me crazy. What do I do about this? And then you asked me a simple question. 
well, what do you, what do you, what do you really think? I forget, I forget exactly what it was, but you were like, what is it that you're not, what is it that you're having a, it's, you said to me, it sounds like you're having a hard time um, creating real boundaries. And what is it that you're trying, you said, like, what is it that you are missing? And here we are, like, just getting for a work day, like, getting ready for a work day. And you're helping guide me in a thing, in a moment that was, like, could have set my day off in a way where I was, you know, stressed out. And, um, and we sat there and we kind of, like, had a, 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 a solving, we, we solved the issue, you know? Yeah. At least for that mo- morning, right? At least for that morning. Yeah. Cause then it's like life happens and you're like, you know, you got to come up with a new plan. But yeah, I think, I think too, that like, I don't, I just think that like when you get, when you're working with someone, um, at least me, I'm just so curious about everyone. I think that that's what's going to keep me like in my older age, like alive. Is that? Oh I my just god, you ask so know. many questions. I do. I'm and sometimes like, you ask so many questions. I'm like, Quinn, <laughs> stop asking questions. <laughs> I'm like, why? In my head, I'm like, why is he asking so many questions? And everybody right in the trailer is like, we want to go. Shut up. We want to go. <laughs> no, that is it's so true. Um, that's so funny. I know. Speaking oh. of, of questions, I had one other thing I wanted to know about because a lot of people out there, I think, feel like they want to wear more hats. I want to wear more hats. I think there's more. I love I a hat. Do like this podcast, the you know, being a makeup artist, doing anything. You had this whole career as an actress, and then became. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but then became this kind of entrepreneur businesswoman, which isn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was going to say about the order of it, but how did you go from, I guess, having this kind of identity as one thing and then also doing something else? Um, I mean, this Does is- Does that make sense? I mean, what? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. I mean, honestly, the minute I became someone that was- that that someone was asking me to be in a movie versus having to audition to prove that I could play the part or that I hopefully would get the part. Um, the second that happened, I immediately, my, my business brain went off because my mother is a trailblazing producer in the industry. I mean, she was the first female actress to produce her own films and and so I grew up with a mom that would come home and not in a, in a negative way, but, but, but really like be honest about like the, the trials and tribulations of what that was for her, how challenging it was in that time. I mean, we're talking about the eighties and the nineties. I mean, you know, the time's up movement happened, what, four years, three years ago, you know, four years ago. And so my mom is doing this in the, starting to do it in the late seventies and it was unheard of. So she was sort of when she needed to assert herself as a 
businesswoman as the producer, she had to take on a different role. She had to wear a different hat. And so that's all I've really ever known. I've known someone who can go out and do one thing and then she goes and she has to put on a different hat and she has to associate it with something else. She then decided before really, I mean, she did a couple movies, but then immediately in her fifties, she was like, I don't want to do this forever. And she became very passionate about, um, mental health and, and, uh, you know, our, our mental fitness really and social and emotional learning and kids and their, and, and the, the, wh- where we find our joy. And so she just t- completely di- diverted her interest into something about, uh, with her foundation and giving back and it became her main focus. So my template for a woman and in any business is to always be open and to always be, be, you know, able to be flexible to wear all kinds of different hats. Right. Um, so that's what happened. I mean, the second I started to make movies and I realized that people were asking me to be in theirs, I was like, well, then I'm going to make, I want to make movies. I want to produce this. And then the second I would produce, I mean, the only thing I would say is that the producing side of it is, a, a lot of work. And I found it, especially because it was early on in my career until now, until these last couple of years, that the uphill battle was so extreme all the time that, especially for women, that it was like, I mean, the, the wars and the fights we had to get in to make movies was just like, I felt like it would take years off my life. <laughs> but you're, but you're tough. Like I've seen you and like, I wouldn't want to fuck with you, you know, (laughs) in a good way, but you are tough. Like, do you feel like you've had to prove yourself when you're like being a woman in the, and starting a business and like having people take you seriously? All the time. And and continuously. I think. Really? Even now? Yeah. I think, I think that, I mean, you know this very intimately, but, but you know, I, I, I think that with me, but I feel like the the reality is is that we can talk about women in business or women in film and now we know and we all realize like there is a double standard it's just it just exists right but then everybody thinks that because now we're talking about it that it just goes away but this is like a very systemic thing so you know I could be doing something and I could be on a zoom call no matter what I'm doing and something will start to happen. And, and most women on the call will be like, Oh, here comes that sort of like systemic misogyny that they don't even realize they're doing, you know? Um, and it happens all the time. I think when I've, I, I think the biggest thing for me was 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 getting past the point where you realize that when you ask the question that you know that as a woman you're going to get more pushback than you would if you just were a a man. And and the hard thing was for me was that I actually want to have friendships and I like to be liked. I want to be someone that we can like hang out and be cool. And in those moments, I feel like I, I have to cross, I have to walk the line, which I had to learn how to realize, I had to learn how to let that part go. That, that I, that my toughness, right. That sort of like whatever that thing is, 
is sort of like if this it took me time to realize that if this person doesn't understand then they'll never understand it just doesn't matter whether how they feel about me because i'm challenging right. them right i think you know? that's more of an issue to generalize that women have than men i don't think men are, in general are as concerned about like the way they come across and that if that means we're not going to be cool you know what i mean like women i think have a more yeah. I don't it's know a what tough it is. one. Yeah, I mean, it's all. I mean, for me, it's always been that's always been the hardest thing. It's like, do you do you call out what's right, or do you just like you got to pick your like? I think women feel like they have to pick their battles more, right, than men, for sure. But the point was was like talking about you know wearing all those hats, and I think that that was sort of like the thing for me is that you know. For some reason, when I get into a zone, I just put on the hat and I get her done. And but but without not without challenges. So you're putting on a new hat. Well, it's not new at all, actually. And it's not new to a lot of people, but you are a stone singer. Anybody who's been on set with you, anybody who's been in a makeup room knows it. Everybody's like where's that voice coming from? I mean, people watch Glee, people know you sing, but like, I don't think people really know that you really sing and it's in your blood, right? Would you say it's just one of those things you were gifted with? Your oh, father is a, a singer. comes from my dad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like it's the one thing that every time I'm in, in and making music, I feel like a Hudson. Okay. And it's honestly the only thing that for me that I, it's the only relationship with my dad I have. Wow. So music to me is, is like, yeah. And they're great. Like the, all of them, all, all the Hudson's, there's a bunch of musical Hudson's and uh-huh. um, is your mom's and, side musical? Yeah. My grandfather was a professional violinist. Okay. Um, but not like my, not like my father, my father's side is a little, has a little bit more history with music, but. Okay. Um, and so. And my mom is musical, you know, she, she's, she's definitely, you know, but, but, but it's a little bit different. Like, like my Hudson's, the, the, the Hudson's they're, they're musicians, you know, and, and I think that that connection to music and writing music and you know, per- singing that, that, that love, that kind of deep connection to it. I, when, when it, when it happens to me, I definitely feel my dad. I like the hot Are you able to say what you're working on? Yeah, no, I, I'm making a record. I mean, I, I, I feel like I've talked about this, um, that it's something that like I'll definitely do, but I'm, de- I'm doing it. And I have a friend who she, um, so her, her step, her stepchild goes to the same school as my son and she heard me singing and she's a big songwriter and a, and a musician. She's, I just love, I love this woman so much. And I know her ex and she called me and she was like, what the, what the fuck? Like you need to be singing. Let's you need to make a record, and let me help. And I, 
said to her, well, you know, this has been my hesitation and all that, you know, as you know, I've always hesitated because I'm busy and I, if I'm going to make a record, I want to make something that I love. I don't want it to feel like I'm interested in being anything that, or it being anything that it's not. I just want to write good music and sing. And you also said the most interesting thing the, that when we had dinner, when you were in New York a couple of weeks ago, and John Pierre reminded me of it is that it's in the industry. And I hope you don't mind me saying, but in the industry, it's perfectly okay for someone to go from being a singer to an actor, but we don't see actor to singer. No. And, that, and I that never was, thought that of that. A, that was a lot of my hesitation when I was younger because my career was sort of taking off. And I actually did have a lot of people come to me and want to, me to sing. Um, and I was just like, no, that's just, that's bad. Like if that goes wrong, then all of this goes wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like the, I'm like, where am I going? It just didn't feel right. And, and then it just got further and further and further and further along. And then I'd have people say things to me that are like very powerful people in the music industry. Like, Oh, I remember when I was like 33, they were like, listen, you better sing now or you're going to get too old. And I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? In my head, I'm like, okay, you know. And then I was like, wait, yeah, I guess I am old. Am I old? And then in my mind, I'm like, I'm not old, but it is, it is old to all of a sudden be like, oh, I'm going to have a music career. And so I just stopped thinking about it. And then when this woman came along, her name's Linda Perry. She's dope. Just a little unknown um, songwriter. Amazing songwriter, (laughs) wonderful woman, and honestly becoming a very, very close friend for me. And I just love her to pieces. And she was like, who the fuck said you need to do anything in any way? Like, you're a musician. You need to write a record. And I, it was the first time someone really pushed me. And she called me every day. She was like, let's, let's go. We're going, we're going, we're going. And I, I'm in the studio. I've been in the studio for, I've been, we've been writing for months. Well, you played me not even a demo. It was like, whatever's rougher than a it's demo. It's the gibberish. I played you right. like our gib, our gibberish, the, the non-lyric demos. But it was so good. Thanks. It was so excited. good. I was like, well, you know. You just like the whole thing about being in your head about, well, this and that and whatever. It's just good. If it's good, it's it's just going to work. You know? Well, I I think the one thing that I'm learning about the process, because it's, it's like, you know, it is, I am new to the process. I've been married to a rock star. I have, I have, I mean, I, I was engaged to, I have kids with all musicians. Let's be honest. Right. Right. And everyone always says to me, Oh, you really like you really like rock stars. I'm like, well, hold on a second. I like mu I I like I like musical people. You know what I mean? Like I don't know I don't know how like relating through music is like heaven to me. I don't know if I could I maybe I could, you know, but but being with someone who doesn't understand that intimate part of me would be a really a very difficult thing. And because I I, I want to share it and and um, 
And Danny's working on this with you, which is so and, special. Yeah, but but what I was gonna say is, as much as I know the process, I've never been in. I've never, I've never personally, like, actually been in the process of doing it. Like every day, this is my schedule. I'm going to work, and and it's so it's so much fun. I I have to say, it's like, yeah, it's been amazing, and 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 and. I love the hard days. My my favorite days are the hard days. I think I feel that way about making movies too. It's really? like the days where you have to like get there and then you finally get there. And it's just like, you've just, it's like the creative process when it kind of falls down on you and then you have to figure out how to get out. Those, those are the best days for me. So this is a question I ask everyone on the podcast. And mm-hmm. um, I wanted to know if you could go back in time and meet yourself somewhere, Mm. where would it be? And what would you say? (laughs) Honestly, if you asked me that off the air, which I will tell you what my answer, (laughs) I have two answers. (laughs) Okay. One I would never share with the world. And then one right now, Um, I would go back these are always hard for me because I really believe that we make these choices and they become our life story that we should honor. Mm-hmm. So trying to rewrite something that could have never been is sort of, I think can be quite masochistic, <laughs> but I think I might go back to a time in my life where I had an enormous amount of fear to fly, meaning like I did, I made choices based on my fear, not my, not my gut. And I put other people and, and not the right people. I mean, one thing, if it was children, it'd be one thing. I put other people before I put my self and 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 not in a positive, not in like a sacrificing, like a beautiful sacrificial type of ex, you know situation. More in like a unhealthy kind of like I should have made the choice that would have been in all of everybody's best interest, uh-huh. but I made I made certain ones out of fear, and I think it would have created a very different path for me, very different. So I'm not, that's why I say I never want to look that way because I, I like, I like where I am. Um, but I would, I would tell that younger girl to, to that she, that, that I didn't have to be so afraid. And, and, and also that I was more lovable than I thought I was, that I was actually lovable. And, and I think it would have, but but again, then again, I think we all need to go through that process to know ourselves better. So, but but I, I think it's this funny thing. I, I don't think people think like, oh, because you know they the, again perception versus reality. But you know there are moments in your life when everything is going great, but you just have fear and you feel unloved and unlovable and you wish that, you know, and those moments you're like, 
if I could have gone back, what would that, what, what would, what would have, what would have had come out of that, you know? Um, well, for, for not answering, for thinking about your answer, it's real deep. I mean, you, yeah, but the other one wasn't know? and it's way more oh, fun. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play um, a quick game to okay. end out the show. I know, by the way, people who don't know Kate, and this is what we have in common, loves games. We played Shanghai, which okay, is like an amazing card and game. Quinn, for those of you who don't know, Quinn is so competitive. And when he plays oh, yeah. with his partner, he just like, like all you do is poke at Jean Pierre. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're just like, I'm Jean Pierre just sits there and he's like, oh, let him go, let him go. Right, he's oh, on another God. one. You are the most competitive. I am competitive. I play to win. Yeah, you um, do. Okay, Kate, favorite karaoke song? Um, anything Melissa Etheridge. It's always okay. a good surprise. And um and Oliver and I like to sing um the you know, where the eagles fly. That one. What is it? Love lift us up where we belong. Oh yeah. Uh favorite card game. Um phase ten or what do we call it? Shanghai. Shanghai. Yeah. Um, favorite actress? Ooh, great question. I, I, I don't like favorites. Okay. Because I love so many. These are all starting with favorite. <laughs> um, but but I think that... I love someone who can sing and dance. I, I Like, to me, the people that made me want... There's a couple people that made me want to make movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was Barbara Streisand and anything. I mean, literally anything and everything. Um, um, Judy Garland as a little girl, like I'd watch everything she did. Um, and I think right now, like, let's go young. Let's go young. Cause there's some really beautiful younger actresses. Like I really think that um uh Florence Pugh, Pugh do you know who she is? Yeah, she's I think fantastic. she's really interesting. And uh and wonderful uh, and strong. And I I, I you know I, my, I and the and uh, and the role that actually like really made me want to there's two it was and they were both Jodie Foster. Oh. I think Jodie Foster too. actually might have been my hero as a young girl because really? I, because I thought uh, she was so strong and so present and different than anybody else. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, a, a very balanced, I loved the, I loved her energetic balance that she was so strong. Um, I appreciated her strength. Yeah. As an actress, she's uh, so. so yeah. Anyway, uh, favorite rock singer. My God, I mean, rock singer is. How about rock female singer? Oh, 
I mean, you're asking me questions that are so hard to, to answer. I will just say like, to me, the great voices of, of rock. I mean, I'm trying to remember he was in this band. Oh God. What's his name? Um, Oh my God. His voice was like, he's a seventies rock singer and he died very young. Um, it'll come to me, but okay. Like my favorite rock singers. Like I think Rod Stewart is one of the great rock singers. I actually think my, my ex-husband's one of the great rock singers. Um, Mick Jagger is wonderful, but he, but, 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 but I, I mean, to me, it's like, you know, yeah, it's like, I, I like, I like, you know, Steven Tyler has a voice for days. I mean, that voice yeah. is on another level. Yeah. Whether you totally. like the music or not, like, it's just unbelievable. The instrument is just like, yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and John Lennon, I mean, John Lennon to me is like the best. Women, I would say, um, I would say honestly, Ann Wilson is one of the great rock voices of all time. You were playing that this summer, and I like her, tell anybody. I thought like, it was amazing. You know, sometimes I just hear the instrument, right? Like I'm like, I, I to me, Ann, it's like you hear her sing, and you're like what it's crazy her range is crazy her tone is crazy yeah um power man oh i love a powerful voice um people would be surprised to know i'm a big fan of blank oh i mean any bad reality like love is blind you know um What's the English one that's so great, that's so nuts? Reality show? Love Island. Oh, I don't see. I don't Is even it Love know. Island? I love all of that, like, bad okay. television. Okay. Yeah. I see. I didn't even know that. I, oh, I'm just... yeah. Selling Sunset. Well, do, but you don't do Housewives. No. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I never do Housewives. I think for some reason there's something weird about it to me. <laughs> I just <Yeah>. never <laughs> I mean they are that's I just a, never they're got so into bizarre. It. Like it was sort of like I remember when uh David and Yolanda I remember when Yolanda told me that that, that was happening I was I was sort of like why I, I was so confused Now I understand why I mean it's this great platform and you know for businesses it's wonderful for a lot of these women but I just it's just I don't know it's, I get why people like it, but I've never, for some reason, maybe it's just like, like Bethany Frankel is awesome, right? She's like the coolest chick you meet her, you, you know? And I think to myself, I'm like, I don't know if I could ever have, it's the same thing as the Kardashians. I don't know if I could ever have all of my life on display. You have to be so available to being unapologetic about right you know like what do you keep for yourself yeah you know? like i, I yeah. part of me is like i could never i just could never i guess maybe i feel like it's too intimate whereas these other shows like the bachelor and um 
they feel like they're more produced. They're more like competitions. Right. And more like competition shows. Right. Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. Housewives, you're like, oh my God, I'm like in on this it, like fight. It's a lot of cringe. There's a lot of cringe. It's like, I don't want to know. I, guys, yeah. leave me out of it. You know, yeah. that's kind of how I feel maybe. I don't know. That's so funny. Uh, massage or, or fresh flowers? Mm, that's so hard, but I want to go massage. Okay, loves a good foot massage. Mm -hmm. um, margarita pizza or margarita on the rocks? I mean, on the rocks. Totally. NY, this is hard. New York City or Los Angeles? I'm going to say New York. I mean, I mean, the only reason why I live in LA is my family. If I'm going to be honest, I'd, I'd live in New York. I mean, I, I did most of my life, but I live here because my family's here. All my nephews and nieces are all here. Your kids are in school and stuff. Yeah. Maybe come back but to King Street. Maybe. Maybe. I hope my son, you know, Ryder wants to go to New York for college. So we'll see. And, you know, he's applied to, you know, some a bunch of schools in New York and so if he ends up going there, I think we might actually spend more time there. Yay. Yeah. That's great. My favorite curse word is blank. Oh, it's always fuck. I mean, I, I wish it was something more interesting. <laughs> I remember watching one thing and Gwyneth was like, balls. And I was like, that's the best answer. You know, like balls is, if that was my favorite swear word, it'd be a great answer. But it's, it's, it's fuck. That's um, always good, though. Fuck always yeah. works. My least favorite word is. Oh, I did this. Oh my god, you're doing this. Is the uh, I steal the actor's from studio. I do. Yeah, which after I did. thirty episodes, I'm like, I have to, I have to steal some of these questions. Yeah, I did it. I did that, and it's the same word. I'm not a fan of moist. I don't like I that it. word. I get and it. And then when I said that, he goes, "You know who also said that." was Drew Barrymore, who I actually did an SNL skit with him and Drew Barrymore. Where I played Drew Barrymore and Will Ferrell played, you know, Lipton. And, and so I, I, and then, and then I, we have the same least favorite word. I do not like that word. There's Moist. something about it that just is kind of gross. <laughs> Kate, I'm going to use this new primer on you and you'll love it because it's so moist. It's so moist. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like ointment. Like that's also another <laughs> one where you're like. Ointment? ointment. By the way, I can handle an ointment. It feels more medical, you know, <laughs> moist. You're like, you're like, I, I mean, if, you know, it's just, there's something, it's not even, there's nothing hot about moist and there's nothing. It's just gross. It feels it's like so mold. <laughs> it's like mold the, is happening. The mold is formulating. Moist. Right. When you go into a room and you're like, it, it smells, feels moist in here. It feels here. really moist. <laughs> you're like armpits are moist <laughs> and crotch. Ew. I love the word crotch. Um, and then lastly... This is like your final meal, and you have um, an excess of a hundred thousand WW points. What, it's like you're going for it. What do you order? What are you eating? And drink, you know. So I'm. I mean, like I, my Italian in me takes over every time. So I am a pasta, 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 pasta. 
And I would say if someone was like, this is going to be your last meal, I would probably have two different kinds of pastas. I'd want a little bit of, I want, I would want a little bit of something, right? I'd want like a creamy, meaty situation, which Uh I don't do a lot of meat anymore. So I'd want like a little, like uh, a version of a carbonara, but more interesting. And then I would want a vongole. Oh. That's like my all like linguine vongole is my favorite. Mm. And then I would order French fries. So that would be my side. Yeah. Preferably truffle fries. Mm-hmm. Down with that. And I would um I would do a creamed spinach also on the side because I love creamed spinach. And then I would ask for a little arugula salad, <laughs> some, parmesan. <laughs> some parmesan. A lot of sides I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would have some. Uh, I would have a very dirty martini, straight up King Street vodka, mm-hmm. with um, extra olives, blue cheese olives on the side. And then for dessert, I would call Gibson's in Chicago. And I would be like, please, it's my last meal. Can you send me your macadamia nut ice cream fudge cake? Macadamia nut fudge. I can't even explain this dessert. It's on another level. So much so that the guy who's been there for 500 years was like, when you came here pregnant, you ate the entire cake. <laughs> <laughs> like, Rude. I was pregnant with Ryder, and I had it, and I was like, what is this? It was Do they deliver? What? Do they ship? Good question. I should see if Gold Belly ships those. Yeah. It, it's honestly the best dessert I've ever had. It's like, it's one of those things. It's all ice cream. And then it has this like graham cracker type crust with macadamia nuts and caramel and like a fudge crust. I'm looking it up as soon as we. It's, it's off. on another level. It's like, it's like one of those things where it's my favorite dessert. I also love a New York cheesecake with strawberry, strawberry cheesecake. Traditional. That's it. That's a lot of food, it. but it's my last meal. So I'm yeah. So it. who cares? You know, yeah. and you deserve it. Well, Kate, yeah. I cannot thank you enough. I miss you, and I um, miss you. I hope you move to New York so we can. Happy you know, holidays, my friend. Happy holidays. Um, I love you. I I'm going to be there. I'll be there soon. I'll call you. Okay, great. Okay, great. Um, have a great night, and please say hi to everyone. I will. And let's just say that we're going to have a part two of this when our movie comes out. We will. Yep. So we can talk about everything. Exactly. All right. Good night. Love you. Love you too.